welcome to the Fertility Conversations podcast. The goal of this podcast is to create more awareness about infertility and to provide support to people trying to conceive. Thank you for listening today, and we hope you will be encouraged. And now, here is your host, Ola. Welcome to another episode of Fertility Conversations. Today, we're joined by a lovely guest, Stephanie Joy Phillips. Stephanie is passionate about raising awareness for the childless not by choice. After realizing that there was no national recognition of the community, she decided to start the World Childless Week in 2017 to raise awareness. The World Childless Week is now recognized globally and celebrated each year. So Stephanie will be here with us today. She's joining us to share her story and all that she's doing to advocate and create awareness. So welcome, Stephanie, and thank you so much for joining us today. No, thank you for being part of the community that is spreading the word. It's really appreciated. Yeah, thank you. And to start off, please tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, um, I'm 55, which is relevant because I found out when I was 39 that I wouldn't have children I wouldn't be a parent so the age the relevance of healing is part of my story um I live in the UK in Worcestershire in a very small village with my hubby and my two rescue cats Storm and Teacup lovely and of course like you said you know you found out that you you wouldn't be able to have children at 39 so I think it's relevant to have you discuss your a bit about your fertility journey uh, whatever you'd like to share yeah that's fine I'm very open about it I mentioned that I'm 55 because I've had 15 years of being able to grieve and for me it's been healing but for others who have those 15 years maybe they're not in the same space where I as I am now and that's completely fine um, my journey started off when I was young I knew from a very um, early age that I wanted to be a parent that I wanted to be a mum it was something that I dreamt of, that I envisioned, that was part of my future. It was something I saw, you know, it was me. I was going to be a mum. There was no doubt in my head that was going to happen. Not because of social society sort of feelings or attitudes, but because it was something in my heart I wanted to be. During my 20s, however, I was in a relationship that was abusive physically and emotionally. So I went on the pill. I made sure I did not bring a child into that relationship because I did not want a child who would have to suffer for something that they did not deserve. You know, they deserve better. So at that time, I made sure I didn't fall pregnant. In my 30s, my early 30s, I actually met the man who I further along the line married. We enjoyed a few years of just going out, dating, socialising, having fun. Didn't actually consider... Well, I won't say that's not true. We did talk about having a family, but we didn't actually decide to try for it until I was in my late 30s. I didn't realise at the time that late 30s, my fertility rate, obviously, already chomped off a cliff and was going drastically down into this black abyss. But we tried to conceive, nothing happened, and eventually went to the doctors. We both did tests. We both went to the hospital and sat in the waiting room before being taken in to a room where a doctor who looked sheepishly and nervously at me and couldn't look us in the eyes very often, kept sort of like looking at the ground and turning away. And it, you just felt like she'd not been in the situation of giving sort of news out that might not be positive. She made me feel awkward rather than trying to comfort or relax me. And the words that she actually said were, 
if he manages to get you pregnant, it's highly unlikely you'll carry full term. So, and drifted the sentence off. She didn't follow the sentence up with anything. So at that moment, I knew that we needed a double miracle on both sides for us actually to get pregnant because I was overweight. She said, well, go away for six months. I'll call you back in six months. If you're still interested and can maybe pursuing other options, we'll book you in for an appointment and we'll see where it goes. Because at this time I was 39 and the IVF cutoff date was 40 in the NHS at that time. I knew when they called me, I'd have less than six months to make that appointment, to do the tests again, to go on any drugs to stabilise my body, for my husband to go through whatever tests he needed. And I just thought, I just knew in my head that the stress and the pressure of those few months and maybe fitting in one IVF session because come your 40th birthday, they stopped dead. I just knew in my heart it wasn't going to happen. So I gave up the instant she said what she said because all those thoughts came into within a second so at the age of 39 that's when I knew I wasn't going to be a mum and the age of my 40th birthday was really in my head the final cutoff day of knowing I would never be a parent and it's it's interesting like I mean like you said with the doctor I know that you know, it, it's perhaps it's unfair to say to them to, I mean, I know that the fact that they see so many patients and sometimes they don't realize the importance of the way information is passed and communicated and the impact that it can have on the people. I think somehow for whatever reason, that seems to be missing oftentimes. I think, as you say, you're very true there because medics and doctors, they learn medical terms, medical terminology. So when they're telling you something, you often want it to be clear cut, black and white, so you can understand the facts. But when you're being given devastating news in an office, in a hospital, on the same ward as the people who are going there for their happy news, sitting in the waiting room beforehand with all these women holding their beautiful pregnant bellies. So you're already stressed because of where you've had to go. And then to go into this room and like you say, for her to give this news in such a way that when I came out of the office, I was in a corridor and there were pregnant women about to give birth or walking past me or they'd just given birth and they walk past me. You know, people with balloons walking by to say congratulations. There's so little sensitivity around being childless and infertility. It, you know, it, there needs to be changes. There really does. Definitely. And thank you for the work you're doing and World Childless Week. Uh, how did that? Before I go into that, actually, I do want to acknowledge the fact that I'm, I'm really sorry that you had that experience. You know, you mentioned that uh, when you were younger, you had that relationship where um, there was abuse. So I do want to say I'm sorry that uh, you experienced that. Oh, thank you. Uh, so in going to the World Childless Week and how that came about, and all the amazing work you're doing because like you rightly said we need more awareness more sensitivity more support for uh being childless not by choice and infertility so i want to see how did you go from the fact that you found out at 39 listening to that doctor in that office and you taking the time to grieve which you've noted rightly that you know you're 55 now and it does take time to grieve to um acknowledge and the fact that one is childless, not by choice. It does need time and it can 
you know, take a lot of perhaps even support from other people to be able to accept that um, reality. How did you go from all of that to start the World Childless Week? What was the inspiration? The inspiration as such was seeing a need and seeing a lack and seeing that I wasn't represented, that our community as a whole wasn't represented. I was lucky enough to sort of fall into Facebook support groups, right. which is where I learned I was grieving, where I learned how to grieve and where I got rid of my anger and all the emotions that are concerned with grief because it's incredibly complex. But speaking to others and finding out there's all these other events, and there were two weeks, one in the UK, one in the US, that were fertility weeks. So I tuned in, I watched what was going on, and they talked about ways of how to improve your fertility, how to look into surrogacy or IVF, and there were all these options of how to become a parent. But come the end of the week, there was nothing for those of us that wouldn't become a parent. And I thought, well, I know the weeks are called infertility or fertility weeks, but I thought somewhere along the line, I'd be included there because I'm not included anywhere else. And I wasn't. And it felt wrong to be dropped and just ignored. And I thought, why is there not anything representing who I am and the community I found? So I literally, after grieving, like you say, for several years, and I would like to mention that grieving is something that some people actually have for life. And it's also something that comes in stages because I've gone through the friends becoming parents, but I've now got the friends becoming grandparents. So it's a continual process that you have to work through, which is why with World Child's Week, there needed to be something that was continuing, that was there every year for people. And at first I thought we need a day. And then I realized that day goes by so fast. Before we start the day, it's finished and we can't raise awareness we can't reach the people who need to find that support so I had all these thoughts in my head that were jumbling around and I mentioned it to some friends and said should we have a week just for us and they're like yes and it's like okay because you always think is my idea stupid and all of a sudden these people were saying it wasn't so I whispered, <laughs> yeah. you know because you doubt yourself so I whispered it to a few more friends and they said the same thing so I went away and thought Right, I've said it to them now. They're all asking me about it now. What the heck am I actually going to do? So, <laughs> you know, I've never done anything like this before. So I sat down and thought the best way to do it is to give myself a topic for each day so that I can write a blog, not that I'd ever written before, and then search the internet for other blogs and anything that would do with that topic. And it would give me some sort of, you know, construction to the week that I could follow to make it come together. So I did that and then announced it in a group that I was an admin from on Facebook and sort of said, would anybody be interested in sharing a part of their story to do with these topics? And everyone said, yes. And it was like, oh my gosh. So I posted in a few other groups, asked if they could, you know, if I could share it and they said, yes. And in that first year we had about 130 submissions from people wanting to share their stories, their thoughts, their emotions. And I think because I always said, you can be anonymous, you don't ever have to put your name to something. Mm-hmm. It gives you that freedom to speak out without worry about the judgment that we often fear. And it gave validation because people were reading the stories and go, I understand that. I know that I'm you. You're telling my story. How do you know my emotions? And it was just incredibly empowering to sort of, see people taking control and doing that for themselves 
So every year we've got some topics that change, some topics that stay the same. But people have got the choice then to come in and say, that is something that hits me hard in the heart or that's something I want to celebrate because with World Charlie's Week, it's about not just the lows, but also about the highs and finding ourselves again after the grief or finding ourselves as we're working through the grief and moving forwards. And yes, we take steps back. We all take steps back no matter what we're doing in anything in life. But it's just saying here we are and we need to be seen and we need to be heard and hoping that people who are childless hear us and find the support they need, but also hoping that people who are parents or the child free might read it and go, okay, I can see your story from a different angle. And as such, I can perhaps understand and find some empathy because we all need to unite parents, childless and child free alike. We're all, we've all got struggles and we need to share them, but share them the way with empathy is there so that we can support each other more. Yes. Well done. I always say I came up with the idea, but it's every single person who makes a submission or participates in a webinar. Everybody has made the week what it is because I wouldn't be doing it on my own. Yes, I thought I might be able to do it at the beginning, but I know I can't. And if nobody sends anything in, there will be no world childless week. We make it work as a community. We really do. Yeah. And like you said, you know, it's so important. People need to feel seen. People need to know that there are others like them and mm. other people that have similar feelings. Or, so that, you know, it really does help. And like you said, with infertility or fertility awareness week, I find that, you know, perhaps society globally, we, we love the miraculous stories at the end of it all. So the focus is always on how to end up with a baby or babies. Yeah. But then nothing for the fact that, what if that doesn't happen? And what if it all gets too much? And perhaps what if you, if you can't even afford it? Because yeah, there are quite a lot of people that perhaps virtually the treatments were the need and they can't afford it. So it's not like they don't want to, but this, it's, that becomes a, a reality. Yeah, there's yeah. such a diverse range of stories because yeah. um, the statistics are that uh, one in 40, it's, it was based in... Um, it's a Dutch statistic from a few years ago, but it's very similar to sort of an average now. It's hard to get a global sort of average, but one in five women at 45 is childless. 10% are childless by choice. 10% due to fertility issues, but 80% are childless due to circumstances. Wow, and we again, we forget that it's not just fertility. That is actually the small reason why people yeah. end up childless circumstances is really the main factor so a lot of people never even get the opportunity or the chance to try and conceive exactly well like you say that's the focus and i always say if we've got all these taboos that we need to talk about in so many different areas and one of them being miscarriage and if we can't talk openly about miscarriage how can we ever get to childlessness because we want to fix, we want to have those happy endings. I want people to have those happy endings. I don't want people to end up childless not by choice. But we need to discuss it. It needs to be out there. Yeah. So how how would we discuss that? With, because I think sometimes I feel that we need to start early. With teenagers, with young adults, you see oftentimes in the movies, we see the happy ending. Yeah. How are we getting that information out there? Of course, you're doing great work by having the World Childless Week. 
what else can we all be doing in our homes? Yeah, I think it actually starts, as you say, at a young age. We actually need to change the way we talk about things and discuss things to children, to teenagers, because schools now all talk more about um, protection, don't get pregnant, this is how you protect yourself from not getting pregnant. But we actually need to discuss that some people might not want to get pregnant. They want to be child free. And we have to discuss the people who might want to become a parent but never do. And if we can get that conversation going in teenage years, it becomes more open to talk about it because it's what they've already been introduced to it. Child free and childless don't become terminology that we've not heard of. It's something we know at a young age. And therefore, we're willing to talk about these things and just sort of say, oh, I'm not sure if I want children or not, and not be looked on as being, oh, that's strange, for everybody wanted children. Or if you say, I couldn't have children, not somebody to turn around with a quick fix, because we just want mm-hmm. somebody to go, if you want to talk about it, I'm here to listen. Yeah. But it is, as you say, it's education in schools. It's not making somebody assume, you know, talking to a child, oh, when you were a mummy, when you were a daddy, mm-hmm. because they might already be going, I'm not sure if I want to be a mummy or a daddy. You know, there's so much going on, but we need to introduce it at a much younger age so it becomes the norm and not the unusual, not the taboo, not the, the secret conversation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you, you mentioned a lot about grief and the fact that it's linear and it can change, it can move forward and you can take steps back. I think, you know, for anyone listening, thinking that they've decided or they've gotten to the point where, that you're going to move forward childless or child-free life. Uh, I think oftentimes they might feel that, or I've had conversations with people that feel like, well, if tomorrow comes or, you know, if yesterday I was still thinking about children or if I went to a kid's party and I thought, oh, that would have been nice. Does it mean that you're not ready to move forward like, is that, is it okay to have those wave of emotions and today it's all perfect, like in the sense that you're happy where you're at. And then the next day, there's something that makes you think, uh, okay, well, I would have loved that. Is that okay? It's definitely an individual decision. And to take that step from saying, I'm trying to conceive or I'm hoping to be a parent or I will be a parent to... I'll never be is the hardest decision to make and for some people it's made because of medical decisions or maybe they've got a hereditary condition that they don't want to pass on so they've decided for the health of their child that they'll never have not to have children because they don't want to pass that on but it doesn't mean we don't have times we just think oh but it might be okay I might not pass it on. There might be a chance. Oh, I might not be too old. I might still meet a partner. We all have doubts. We all have indecision. And that's completely normal. And like I say, passing that line from trying to not trying, from hoping to not hoping is incredibly hard. And through grief, there'll always be moments when you look in some things and you think, oh, that could have been me. But even though you know it could have been me, it's the could you sort of you're getting to accept it won't happen or it can't but it's letting the individual decide it's not saying to somebody if you know somebody who's trying to conceive oh don't you think you're getting a bit old now don't you think 
you should not put yourself through this pain anymore of trying another IVF session. It's not other people's decisions. It's our decisions. And we're the only ones who can make it for ourselves with a partner if we've got a partner. But yeah, it, there's no clear cut answer. Definitely. And I like what you said, people should focus more, less advice and just support. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So when you got to the, at th age 39, uh, hearing what the doctor said and making that decision based on circumstances and all that you were faced with that you're going to move forward um, without children, did you have family and friends supporting you or did you have people, you know, making those suggestions like, hey, perhaps, why didn't you, do, why didn't you just adopt? yeah for me no and the reason why is we sort of never publicly said we're trying to conceive All right. it was a private issue and nobody ever asked us and we didn't say anything so when we knew that that was it nothing was going to happen I still didn't say anything he didn't say anything we both started to grieve in a way in our separate ways because it was so hard for certain aspects we both sort of blamed the other person on health and fitness and things like that so we had anger with ourselves we had anger with partner it was incredibly dark and hard and I never told anyone because I was embarrassed because I thought I was the only one because we always think I'm the only one. There's no one else like me. No one will understand when the reality is there are people, but we can't see them because when you want to be a mum, all you see is pregnant bellies, babies, push yeah. chairs on the TV, in the street, in the newspaper, in the magazines, on everything you look at, you know, family where family means, or <laughs> it doesn't, but where they think family means children, it's everywhere and you can't escape it. So I just went into myself and didn't say a thing. And it wasn't until a year later that I was sitting in a pub with my mum, having a quiet drink, when a friend came in who I'd recently found out was pregnant. So I said to my mum, oh, give me five minutes. I'm just going to congratulate her because I found out she's pregnant. So I went up, congratulated the friend, sat back down. And my mum just sort of said, have uh, you ever thought of having children? And in that minute, I broke. I literally just broke. And I ran to the toilet burst into tears my mum followed me and she was like oh my god oh my god you're right all right and I was like I can't talk about it now I'll talk about it when we get home so we did we when we left the pub we went home and she asked me and I said that we'd found out a year year and a half earlier that we wouldn't be able to have parents even though we wanted to, sorry be parents although we wanted to and she sort of said do you want me to tell anyone else in the family and I went, can you tell them? Because I can't. I can't say those words. I can't let people know that I feel I failed because that's how I felt. So she told the family and that's how they knew. And it wasn't for several years that I started to suddenly find my own voice where I could say I'm childless and this is why and this is how I feel and how I think. But it, it did take a long time. It wasn't an instant overnight telling people at all. That's one of the amazing things about the World Childless Week, isn't it? Mm -hmm. to, to, to let people know that there yeah. are others that understand that feeling and that how difficult it is to have that conversation. It is. It, it's, it's literally relating to each other. And just like I say, you, we've all got individual stories, but at the same time, we overlap in different ways. 
and we can that's why we connect because within grief there's always an aspect that you'll think oh my gosh yeah my heart is mixed with your heart and it understands yeah and for anyone listening what can they like what are you hoping that the world childless week will accomplish apart from what your goal was initially now five years on yeah it's always been to let people know they're not alone which is the one thing and then sort of say there are support groups out there there are social groups out there there are counselors there are books to read there are podcasts to listen to there's a bigger world you know we're expanding we're still a minority a large and growing minority that is not seen but within us within our community there are so many different ways that people can find something that they relate to as I say whether they read whether they listen whether they talk through support groups and there are groups you can pay for there are groups that are free there is always something somewhere that you can do you know you can join or connect to to find that you're not alone and that's really important and for others who are not childless it's a case of please spare just five minutes to read a story Read one of the stories from Fridays where we did comments that hurt. Try and understand why your words to try and fix us actually hurt us. Why they sting so much and why perhaps saying like adoption, it's not a solution for everybody. And even for those who try and adopt, it doesn't always happen. A lot of times it doesn't happen. It's really not easy. So just try and listen. We all need to listen more. And when we listen more, we'll understand if we just assume we know how the solution, the forward movement should be without listening to the people who that affects, then we'll never learn and we'll still stay apart. And we need to unite. We need to support each other. You know, parents have their struggles, but so do the childless. Yeah, it's like, for example, COVID. It was all about families. It was all about grandparents not seeing their children. Well, what about the single childless woman who sits in a house alone and looks yeah. at the families going outside each day for their little daily walk you know there's there's so many aspects to everything you know but we're we're there we're involved we're part of it so it's just a case of please see us and listen to us and that's what i hope people will do yes well said stephanie <laughs> just speaking from the heart I have to be honest with that I feel that's how it comes out <laughs> and, and it's great because you know when you actually mentioned that COVID I, I didn't think about the the person that could potentially be single and alone in the house because yeah. I ended up spending time with family and just stayed there because I didn't want to be alone but of course imagine if I didn't have that yeah that would have you know been very difficult I know it's, it's like it's like workplaces. Some people go to work because they can escape. They can put their mind into the work and not think about it. And then some people say, oh, I love working at home during COVID. It's like, well, I enjoyed working at home from COVID until I realised all the children were at home during the day because they weren't going to school and they were in gardens playing. So I had to close my windows to not hear the children playing because it upset me. There's just so many different aspects. And it's not saying that we're not happy for others to be pregnant and have families. But we're just saying sometimes we're happy for you and we're sad for ourselves. That's why it's important that World Childless Week is not just for people that are childless. It's actually for everyone. We yeah. should all be part of it because you're not going to understand. You need to have an understanding of what other people's lives are like. 
yeah. so that you can be more supportive and so that you can also be sensitive mm. in the comments and statements that we make yeah because like you say again you know magazines they might share true life stories but they like the true life stories that are of a shock ending or a happy ending not necessarily a sad ending that doesn't really have a, a final ending to it because it's dealing with the grief afterwards do you know what I mean and quite often when somebody does get a story in the newspapers or the magazines they'll twist the title to make it appear negative when they actually mm. might be saying I'm childless but I found my happy place or they'll put a photograph of a woman holding a child or having a pregnant belly and it's like straight away your imagery could turn people off or misrepresent the words within so again it's just getting the clarity out then World Childless Week isn't showing any fake it's it's showing the words of how people feel yeah truth and honesty on the pages yeah and when you said you know the fact that people assume that if you're childless then you're you're unhappy so that's really people are afraid of that ending right in in the fertility community people talk about the fact that oh you gotta keep trying don't give up it's gonna happen and people are afraid of being childless, no by choice, and not sure if they're going to be happy or not. So for anyone listening and concerned about that, or even just wondering in general, that is really, is really everyone that is childless, are you really sad? Is it really a really sad ending that the person can't be happy? Because that's what we keep seeing. Yeah, it is because like I say we're depicted so negatively in the media. It really doesn't help. And I'm not denying that there is a lot of grief, there is a lot of darkness, but there can be happiness. You know, I'm accepting of my childlessness now. And what I'll say is childlessness is a part of me, a small part of me, but it's not all of me. There's a lot more to me as a person, to my personality. And there can be fun, there can be happiness, there can be new adventures. And then some people go, oh, a plan B, do I need to find a plan B that's really big and a major statement? And it's like, no. Plan B, C, D and E can be tiny little steps, getting out yeah. and getting dressed, having a shower, pampering yourself. But it's just slowly taking those stages and finding happiness in the small things. I run a group called Childless Perks because it's helping people see that there are positives within the sadness. And also to sort of say that, you know, you won't find these every day, maybe. So go away from the group. But when you want to come back and be reminded some of the things that you know the childless sisters and brothers are doing and finding happiness in and they don't have to be big they can be small but it's also a place to say i can be happy i can find the park perks without a parent saying i told you so because again there are too many times that a parent go oh haven't you got it easy your house must be tidy you must have so much money you can do what you want when you want and there are times when those apply but there is equally as many times when they don't apply and telling somebody that they've got a fantastic life without kids can be cruel when you, you're hearing those words from somebody who's actually got the life with all the stresses and strains and troubles that children bring, but they've still got the life that you actually dreamt of having. Yeah. But yes, there is happiness to be found. Definitely happiness to be found again. And yes, your life will be different, but you don't, have to grieve for all of your life and I'm not saying that some people don't because again everyone's different in how long they grieve and how differently they grieve 
but there is happiness there is you know ways to move forward definitely thank you for sharing that i think it's very important that people are aware of that yeah i hope so there's anyone out there listening that wants to connect with you what is the best way for them to reach out to you I'm on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. But the best way is to go through the contact page on the website, which is www.worldchildlessweek.net. Very simple. It's me who your email. So again, the confidentiality is there. So you'll come through to me and I'll get back to you as and when I can. But yeah, happy to chat to anybody about anything they might want to do during World Childless Week or just generally say hi. I'm here. When is when is the World Childless Week this this year? It's always in September, and it runs from the 12th to the 18th this year. And seven days, seven different topics, some really interesting ones coming up this year, and they'll all get announced in June. So, yeah, if you follow me on social media or again sign to my newsletter, you'll be amongst the first to actually find out what's happening. Perfect. <laughs> and can people access this uh, world? Can they be a part of the World Childless Week globally? Like, is it virtual or? it's all online it's all online it's all free all the webinars are free they're put it on the web on the website and also on youtube so yeah over last year we reached over 100 countries so yeah it's 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 amazing because it is only in english but the word's getting out there and people are finding us and that's a really good thing to know so yeah yeah because people need support right people just want to know that there's others yeah they're not alone they're not alone and we understand and we can validate their emotions what they're feeling is completely normal completely normal right there's a phrase that people often use in the trying to conceive community or even you know general public uh don't give up it's gonna happen you know don't give up no matter what this happens with this person and that person can you, from your perspective, explain how that phrase can be offensive or put blame on the person trying? Yeah, it, it's a heavy guilt-laden comment because it's almost like saying, don't give up, you shouldn't give up. And it's like, well, why shouldn't I? I need to decide when I give up. And in fact, I'm not actually giving up on trying to conceive. I'm just changing my perspective to looking after me to do what's the right thing. It's giving up one part of my life, but it's creating a new part of my life. And like I say, giving up, it sounds so heavy, so negative. And who is anybody else to tell us what to do? And sometimes giving up is actually looking after ourselves because we have to look after our own mental and physical health. And moving from one stage to another is doing that. We need to prioritize our well-being. And it's not giving, it might be giving up on trying to conceive, but it's not giving up on looking after ourselves because we've moved forward to stop that stage. Yeah, so it's it's not giving up. It's actually looking after ourselves. And yeah. people just need to say, whatever you do, I'm there to listen and support you. I support your choices, no matter what they are. My opinion doesn't matter your opinion does, your health does, your mental feelings, your physical health, they matter. And I'll support you on that. Well said, Stephanie. (laughs) Thank you. And if you could go back to, I don't know, maybe 17, 18 year old Stephanie, 
what will you tell her? Oh gosh, avoid the guy in this in the twenties. <laughs> but then again, we always say we change things, but that changes our whole attitude towards life. So we don't know if that's part of what made me stronger. It certainly made me weaker at the time. But coming out of that, did it make me stronger to deal with my childlessness? I don't know. But it's again, I think it's wishing that at that age we could understand that parent childless child free whatever happens to you in your life wherever you fall you can still have a life filled with love you can find happiness you can find yourself you can find your own identity that you can be whole and you can be worthy that you are unique as a human being and no matter what happens going forward you are wonderful Simple as that, because we all are in our own unique ways. Yes. And was there, was there anything else that you wanted to share about being childless, no about choice, what, what you want people to know, or about the World Childless Week? I think the thing, main things of what we've sort of covered a little bit is that 100% you're not alone. 100% there were people who understands your stories, maybe not all of it, but parts of it. But 100% there will be people who understand every single part of it because sadly, there's a lot of us out there who are childless. But happily, we're all there to support each other, to validate your emotions and just send you the love that you need and to help you if we can in any way, shape or form over the years that you find the darkest. But there is happiness there can be some fun and laughter ahead. Yeah, come find us, we're here for you. Thank you so much, Stephanie. No, thank you so much for letting me come on. Thank you (laughs) Well, of course. (laughs) I've loved listening to you because, you know, it's been so enlightening, right? There are so many things that I had no idea about. Like when when you spoke about so many things, especially when you mentioned that, the COVID and, you know, the person single and listening to the children outside and watching, I would never have imagined that. Yeah. And that's why we all need to be part of World Childless Week, because I think that oftentimes people look at it and say, well, that's for someone childless. That's not for me. I don't need to do that. I have children or perhaps I'm going to have children. I don't need to do that. But we all need to. Because. We're just not going to understand each other if we don't yeah. try to listen and see what other people are going through. Well, we often think triggers are big. We don't realise a trigger can be something so minor. It could be walking yeah. down the street and hearing a mum call the name to a child and it's the name you chose for your child that never happened. Right. And you just pulls on your heartstrings. It could be seeing a dad in a park and a child running up and him picking the child up and twirling around and hugging it. It's the simple things that can hurt just as much as the big things. But yeah, we're, we're all, we've all got struggles in life and we all deserve to be heard. And just like I say, I try to understand parents more. I can't understand a parent 100%, but I can listen and try and learn. And that's all we're asking for as childless people. You know, just listen to me a little bit. I don't want it to be all doom and gloom. It can be loud, yeah. it can be fun in conversations, but you know, let's just see a little bit of each other's lives and move forwards as a community, as a whole, not as individuals, not as groups. 
Yeah. Thank you, Stephanie. It's been a pleasure having you on here. And I know that everyone that's listened has been inspired, encouraged, and has learned a whole lot. And we're looking forward to World Childless Week. Thank you so much for making that happen and creating that. And for all your wonderful friends that supported you initially and are still supporting you now to make this happen and to continue to raise awareness and support people globally. Thank you so much, Stephanie, Thank for all you. that you do. And no, it's been a real pleasure. Today. <laughs> real pleasure talking to you. I've enjoyed it. Thank you, Ola. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on the Fertility Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Fertility Conversations. If there are any topics you would like to have discussed, please send an email to fertilityconversations at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Thank you again for listening. Take care of yourself and do stay hopeful.